that first night, we think about it as a silent night. And we think about the first Christmas night when Jesus was born as a, as a silent and a holy night. But the Bible tells us that it wasn't that quiet. May have been silent, but it wasn't quiet. And we hear and read in the scriptures what happened. And if you have a Bible or a phone with a Bible app, you can open in the, in the book of Luke chapter 2. And we read the story of Jesus. And it starts with verse 1, and he goes on until verse about 15 or so. And the story, which is what we have heard already from different languages, is the story that we read when we hear, when we talk about the birth of Jesus. But I want to look into verse 13. After the the, the, the angel appeared and Jesus was born. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host, which means angels, appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels have left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. We're going to be talking about that for a few minutes. But first, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the joy we have in knowing that your Son, Jesus Christ, has come with a purpose. We thank you for the peace that we receive in knowing that that purpose is that we may know you, is that we may have a relationship with you. We thank you, Father, for the hope that we have received in knowing that what we have done in the past can be forgiven if we accept that gift that you have given us. And Father, we also pray that you be with us today as we ask for the love that has been poured on to us, that as we receive love, that we may give it to others as well, that we may love one another as you have loved us, and may care for one another as you cared for us. And may we grow in our spirit as we grow in our faith by knowing you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go back into that first night. We hear that the angels are there and they're very excited and they're shouting and singing glory to God. Now, this is not one angel. is a heavenly choir. Now, I have never heard the heavenly choir, but I've heard some pretty good choirs. And when they sing with those voices, it just feels like the heavens have opened and you can hear the melody. And it's a beautiful thing when you hear someone sing and you're not looking at them. You're not watching their choreography, but you're hearing the voice and just appreciating and enjoying the voice. One of my favorite things to do is going to uh, an orchestra and, and watch each instrument playing and each musician playing that instrument and, and trying to capture the sound that, is, that each instrument makes. And it's a beautiful thing. But when I'm driving, I am not watching the instruments. I am listening. 
Now, I'm going to confess something. You know, it's Christmas and, and it's a time of confession as well. But I speed if I listen to Mozart. I somehow, I get so much into the music that the speedometer goes higher than it's supposed to. And, and I have to slow down. And they tell me in Ohio, I, I'm new in Ohio, so I'm still learning that um, policemen uh, believe that the speed limit is the speed limit. And one mile over the speed limit is over the speed limit. So I have to be careful while being in Ohio. But I, I, I just get in so much into the music that I'm listening and I am so enthralled into the beauty of the melody and, and the instruments that I forget what I'm doing. And I think that's exactly what happened. When the angels came, they were so enthralled with the sound, with the beauty, that they forgot to watch their sheep. I'm talking about the shepherds. I don't think that they were looking where the sheep were. They were looking at the angels. And the angels were singing and made the glorious, the most glorious, the most amazing show ever done here on earth to a bunch of shepherds. Here's what's interesting about shepherds. During the time of the birth of Jesus, shepherds were like the lowest. They were the bottom of society. Number one, they stunk because they spent all day with their sheep. And sheep don't wear perfume. They don't bathe often. So the shepherds spent all day with the sheep. And they weren't very well educated or cultured. They did not know how to read. So they knew where the green pastures were and they took the sheep and they brought them back in the evening to the sheep, to the sheep pen and, and they stay there. The, the shepherds would sleep and then the next day they would go or sometimes they would go overnight and take two or three shepherds to watch over the, the sheep and make sure that there was no you know, predators that would come and get the sheep. So shepherds were considered not an elite kind of people. And yet, God chose them to reveal. Now, the scripture also tells us that Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem because of a census. And that meant that everyone that was born or was for originally from Bethlehem, had to go to Bethlehem. So we're talking about a lot of people. And we think about and we watch about the nativity set, and we think about this, this place that's isolated with Jesus and, and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, and we think about them being as isolated. No, they were downtown. So they were a part of an inn. An inn is like a, a motel. Uh, it's, it's their earliest version of Airbnb. You know, they're just saying, hey, you have a room? No, we're, we're all out. You should have checked your app earlier. Uh, so we got, uh, you know, we got, we got, you know, the, you know, the stable, which is usually under, on the basement or in the back of the house. And that's the only place we have empty. And, and they went and they stayed in a very humble place. So when we think about a silent night, the word silent wasn't there. 
Because animals aren't silent. They make noises. And I don't know. I, I have three children. And when my children were babies, the word silent wasn't a word that I would use to characterize a baby. Because when they cry, they'll let you know that they're displeased or that they want food or they want to be held. Now, many people think, well, Jesus was perfect. He didn't cry. Well, he did cry. And I can prove it. Because later on, the scripture tells us that he lost a friend. His name was Lazarus. And, and when Lazarus' sisters told Jesus, our brother is, is dead. He died. Jesus wept. That's the English word for cried. So if he cried as a grown-up, he cried too as a baby. So he probably cried. So there was a very little silent night. But the silence that we're talking about is not the silence of sound. It's the silence of the things that distract us. There was nothing to distract on the first night of the importance of the birth of the Son of God. So many times, we don't need silence as in no sound. We just need no distractions. And these distractions that we perceive often tend to be what keeps us away from realizing how important this night was. But it was also a holy night. It was holy because the Son of God was born. It's not just that Jesus that was foretold. It was not just a, a baby that was born that will grow up to become someone. He was already fully God at the moment of his birth. Fully God and fully human at the moment of his birth. There wasn't a time that he said, well, now I'm God. No, he was fully God and he was fully human at the moment of his birth. So when he was born, when he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, he was already fully God, was already fully man. And yet it became holy, not because God decided to send his son. It's holy because of what his son did. Because his son didn't come so Mary could have a baby. His son didn't come so Joseph could, could, you know, have his faith stretched by accepting this baby that Mary had. The, the son, Jesus, didn't come just so people understand that there is now, you know, the son of God and he could teach great things and we could have a Bible. We could have scriptures, you know, we could have his teachings. We could have his ways of, of doing things. We could learn about how much to love. He came with one purpose. One purpose, to die. I know. One purpose, to die. That's it. He didn't come just so he could teach. He didn't come just so he could heal those who were sick. He didn't come for any other reason but to die. Because unless someone dies for the sins that they have committed, 
they're going to be accountable to their sins. So he came so he could die. And he did. On a cross. In a violent, violent way. And he did so because the Father knew that we were lost. That I am lost. And without him, I can find myself. I can find a way that I can inherit the kingdom of God. I cannot go to heaven on my own account. I cannot go to heaven on my own efforts. I, I can be the greatest person who ever walked in the eyes of the world. And I can still not connect with God unless I have a relationship with him. And that's exactly why the Son of God came. The reason why it's holy is because that night brought into this earth the Son of God. And in our acceptance of that son, we can have not only a relationship with him, but we can have an eternity with him if that relationship continues. Now, how cool is it to have a relationship with the most famous person in the world? And let's say, well, I'm just going to use someone that's been on a news alone. A, a, a lot. His name is Elon Musk, and he's a he's a guy who who come up with with uh, an idea to have an electric car being uh, done for the masses, and he calls a Tesla. And now he just come up with a very ugly, weird truck that has bulletproof windows. I don't know what kind of person you are that you need bulletproof windows. But um, and, and the unveiling, he tested and said, this truck is indestructible. So he had one of his friends picking up a steel ball and just throwing at it and crashed the window, which it's a, it's a different kind of a bulletproof that I had in mind. And then they try another window and crash that one too. But Elon Musk is very, very wealthy. Very wealthy. I hear that he's worth about 50-some billion dollars, which I cannot even fathom. But let's say I have a relationship with Elon Musk and say, you know, I know Elon. Actually, I'm going to be one of the first people with that ugly truck. And whenever I drive, you're like, what is that? I was like, yeah, I know. Because I have a relationship with him. Wouldn't I tell everyone? You know, just, you know, you, you know what means name-dropping? Like, oh, yeah, on the other day, you know, you know who told me that? Elon Musk told me that. And I just name drop it because I have a relationship with someone who's very famous. Now, the Bible tells us that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the relationship with Jesus Christ enables us to have a relationship with the Creator. And we fail to name drop it. We have. A relationship with Jesus. We can pray. We can hear his voice. We can feel his presence. We can know that he is real. That he is with us. And what happens? We live like we don't know him. Because it's socially awkward. No. We live it out. Isn't it Lincoln? 
We live it out. We just say, I love Jesus. We love Jesus. And it's awesome to know that the relationship we have with the baby on the manger is not something that is out there, but it's something that is personal, something that is ours. And that's the purpose for Christmas. That's the purpose for the birth of Jesus. So today, when we look into that night, it was a silent night without a lot of distractions, but it was a holy night because that night has made it possible for me and for you to one day get to be with Jesus and spend eternity with him. Now, I don't know where you are on your journey. Probably you still have a lot of questions about, you know, is this all real? You know, isn't the Bible written like, like thousands of years ago? And, and you may be wondering, is this, you know, I hear a lot about this, but I'm not even sure that I believe everything that even you say, Pastor. And I understand that. But in your journey... You have to make a decision that either the Bible is true and everything that happened, all 300 and some prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus were truly God or we can ignore it and say, I just want to do this on my own and let go of the most amazing and the most fulfilling relationship that we could ever have. But it's our decision. I don't know where you are in your journey, but that decision can fill you. Either way, know that you have been loved first. And on that silent night, and on that holy night, a child was born. Unto us, a son was given, and his name is Emmanuel. That means God with us. And that's why we, as Christians, celebrate Christmas, because God is with us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the joy. We thank you for the hope. We thank you for the peace and the love that you have brought us this Advent. And today, as we prepare for the birth of Jesus tomorrow, we pray that you'd be with us, that you lead us, and that you would speak to our hearts. And Father, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus tomorrow, may the focus be on you. And may you be everything for our Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. When you came in, you... Uh, may have picked up a candle. And if you have not, we still have extra. And, and, and if, you, if you don't, just lift out your hands and we'll, we'll get you some extra candles. At this time, we're going to be singing Silent Night. And as you have your candle lit, I want you to take it to the next person. And as this, the song will continue. We'll be looking at as one light 
will make a difference in lighting this whole room. sing that final verse again.
May God the Father, who has created each and every single one of us, His Son Jesus Christ, who was born in a manger, who died on a cross, and on the third day was resurrected for the salvation of our sins. And may the Holy Spirit be with you, not only now, but until He comes back. Go in peace as you celebrate the birth of Jesus. Amen.